0: Hello, and welcome to A's Plus, the San Francisco Chronicles podcast on the Oakland A's and Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Chronicle A's beat writer, Susan Slusser, and today, A's Vice President of Baseball Operations, Billy Bean, joins us to talk about his team's remarkable season and a potential playoff roster, including possible wildcard starting options, plus the team's biggest surprises this year. All of that next on A's Plus. Today on the A's Plus Podcast, A's Vice President of Baseball Operations, Billy Bean joins us. The timing is perfect, however, as we tape this. The A's have not yet clinched a wild card spot. We are talking uh, on Friday in Seattle with the with the A's uh, potentially on the verge of clinching a playoff spot. So some of these answers, if you're listening to this podcast, the A's might have already clinched, but uh, I think they'll all still be pertinent. Billy, thanks for joining us. Um, first of all, uh, with three games left here and your team in a in a very good position, although not yet clinched, what's sort of your overall take on the season the team has had and the position that you're in now?
1: Well, regardless, you know, this is one of those years, regardless of what happens, and we very much hold our destiny in our own hands. Uh, we just need to win one game. But again, uh, no one's going to roll over for us. But, you know, regardless of any, whatever the outcome is, I've been extremely proud of the, everybody. I mean, the players, the staff, I mean, the people that work around me, obviously David, uh, right hand, you know, right hand guy and then all the people in the front office, but really been a satisfying year. Uh, mainly because, you know, and you know, Susan, you cover us on a daily basis. I mean, I can honestly tell you, uh, we weren't quite sure what we were going to do with the starting rotation. And, you know, to somehow, uh, you know, everybody sort of band together, uh, and not only you know, put together a, a starting rotation, but together one that was became really one of the strengths of the club. And then to do it, we've done, you know, up to this point is 96 wins. It's, it's again, it's. Uh, I think a lot of, obviously a lot of people are responsible. I think we're very, very proud of the accomplishments, and it's been, in some sense, it's been one of the uh, more enjoyable seasons I've had since I've uh, taken this job. And and we, it's a great group. of I say kids because they are a bunch of young guys, but it's a great group of players, and a uh, great staff. So it's been a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, you mentioned the rotation. I mean, I think coming into the season, people would have expected that uh, the rotation was sort of, you know, uh, something of an unknown, at the very least, and that the bullpen would continue to be a major strength. Uh, Chris Davis would continue to hit a lot of home runs. Uh, a lot of things over the course of the season, every team, of course, has obstacles, but there, some things sort of went a little bit backwards. Um, you know, you, you, the team has to deal with Frankie Montas getting suspended right when he takes over sort of the A's ace. Chris Davis goes into a, a power slump for for essentially two months. And then Blake Chinon and Lou Trevino really struggle. The fact that the team has been able to overcome those things and really find strengths in other areas, as you mentioned, the rotation. Um, is, has that been surprising to you? Because obviously, as a front office, you sort of project some things and expect some things just like the rest of us.
1: Uh, yeah, it has been surprising. And if you'd have told me all the things that you just mentioned were going to happen that way, I would have been very concerned about what the outcome of the season would have been. And, to, you know, if there's, if that again, that's a testament to, uh, you know, some of the other guys who've stepped up. I mean, you think about you know, the continued emergence of a guy like, uh, Oriano, Mark Canna. I mean, what an amazing year Mark has had. And, you know, and then you combine not only Mark's offensive production, but the fact that, you know, when Oriano went down, you know, and I say this because it's happened that way. He seamlessly moved into center field, uh, which is, you know, pretty demanding position. And so, uh, so yeah, there's been a you know, for all the things that, uh, obstacles we've had to overcome, you know, there's been somebody equally who's coming and stepped in and, uh, and taken up the slack. I mean, you know, one of the unheralded guys on our team is uh Petit. I mean, he's been unbelievable this year and, and, and pitched so many different roles out of the bullpen and has been outstanding. So, uh, and Hendricks, again, you know, for every for every guy that uh, you know stumbled a little bit, we've had somebody there to pick him up, which is ultimately what a team that wins ninety six games is going to have to have, and, and we've we've had it. And uh, I remember the day, you know, it's, it's you know, when Montes and we found out about Montes. Uh, you know, I know, you know, me and David, if I if we happen not to, to be together uh, for a game or something for some reason, you know, we we'll usually talk six seven times a day. You know, we just you know uh, you know. All day long, we're always in communication. If you know I'm somewhere, he's somewhere, and uh, all I know is I remember he sent me a text: "Is give me a call." And I go, Uh-oh. <laughs> so, uh "Oh," so, so I knew it wasn't good news. And uh, and when I heard it, you know, first of all, Frank, he had done so well at that point; he's arguably our all-star. And then, you know the, the, you know, the depth of the pitching was a concern, anyways. And then just to lose a guy like that who's pitching so well, I, I really thought of, it had the possibility of being a body blow. And as it turned, turned out, again, the credit to the Brett Anderson, the Mike Fires, and the guys who were in that rotation. Somebody came in and picked up the slack. And so uh, it's been one of those years. And, and listen, when you, you know, teams that have this kind of success have to have great stories like this. And it's uh, been no different with us.
0: Yeah, you mentioned Petit. And and middle relief really has been sort of one of the uh, maybe tougher areas, I think, for the team this year. There have been some struggles there. This last, say, month or so, starting maybe in late August, it, it, the team brought up some of the young guys, A.J. Puck, Jesus Lizardo, um There are a few other guys now who who maybe can feel kind of that, I, I, we're kind of calling it piggybacking, since that's what happens in the minor leagues. I think it, you guys aren't quite doing that. It's not like a starter goes four innings and then somebody else comes in and goes four innings. Uh, but what is your, is this the sort of the new opener? Is this the new, uh, you know, potential uh, way to handle keeping maybe the starter going through a posing lineup more than maybe twice to maybe three times?
1: Uh, yes. To all those things. Uh, to, uh, I mean, you know, if you, even if you look at the postseason uh, historically, I mean, at least more recent history, Guys like particular guy like Andrew Miller, who's now with the Cardinals. Now, I mean, guys who can throw multiple innings uh, somewhere in the middle have become really big factors in the postseason. And let's face it, in our situation with the competitiveness with uh, with the wild card teams, you know, Tampa and, and Cleveland. Now, uh, you have to kind of look at from August on as like the postseason. So, uh, you know, having not only Guys with that uh, kind of stuff, but having a guy who can go, you know, that long, and given the fact that, as you said, we've uh, we've scuffled at times with our middle relief. In fact, I think I saw a statistic which is like it, again, if you had told me this at the beginning of the year that this is a statistic that was going to be applied to our team, I thought there's no way we're going to be in this thing. But I think we've actually blown more leads than any team, <laughs> or late leads uh, than any team in baseball. Which again, I mean, how we sort of navigated around a stat like that is pretty uh, pretty amazing. Again, credit to to Bob and his staff, and the biggest credit goes to the pitchers. But having a having guys you can throw multiple innings is just a nice uh, weapon for Bob to have in his back pocket. I know when we you know we first discussed Puck and we discussed Lizardo coming in and performing in that role, I know Bob was pretty excited about it. He's used it really real well. I mean starting with Lazardo, you think one of our most important games we have important games we had this year was the Houston game when uh Lizardo came in and just uh you know nailed it down and and then uh, he came in in Texas, same thing and did the same thing. So, uh, you know, recently Bob's been able to use him. Uh, I think now Bob feels comfortable using him in any situation on the bullpen. So you may see him in a bunch of different roles. And I think uh, A.J.'s role is uh, somewhat similar.
0: Now, Last year, you guys had some similar um, similarities this time of the season because you also timed some young players' uh, call-ups really well. You know, Lazardo, I mean um Loriano came up fairly late last year. Um Nick Martini came in in September and and had a real big impact throughout that month and and hit lead off in the the wild card game. I talked to David during the offseason last year about the front office's ability to sort of time these moves with younger players. What goes into that? Because, again, so, you know, Seth Brown comes up and starts tearing it up immediately. Sean Murphy comes up and, and you know, he's been in a little bit of a funk with the bat, but he's had an immediate impact um, behind the plate. and He was hitting initially, uh, obviously, Puck, Lizardo. How, how do you determine when the best time is to bring guys up and, and uh, you know, with the hopes that they could actually contribute on a regular basis?
1: Well, sometimes you don't have the luxury of picking when a young player comes up. Sometimes it comes out of, uh, it's an emergency or a necessity. But I think, uh, the way we've always looked at it, you, you're talking about uh, guys, you know, especially in Murphy's case and, you know, even going back as, uh, uh with Timmy Hudson, I think we've always looked at it like, listen, when we call a guy, a particular guy we know is going to be here for, or we think is going to be here for a long time. When they come up, number one, that they have an opportunity to play and then ultimately succeed, and that when we do bring them up, they'll never have to go back again. And so I, I uh, in, in part of that is picking spots, uh, making sure that uh, they are ready. And, uh, you know, we've been, I think, pretty successful in doing that. I mean, I, again, I think it's a testament to the players. We've had some really good young players that uh, don't allow you to send them back. But in Seth Brown's case, it's kind of interesting uh, – You know, one of the few times in my career we've been very right-handed heavy here as a lineup, which we are now. And and we went down to Vegas, myself and David and and John Fisher and uh, Dave Cavill, we went down there to to watch a game. And, and, you know, Seth's been having a a great year, along with a lot of guys down there. But he's always been sort of a guy who's, you know, there's always been guys in front of him. And and also, it, it didn't help him that one of the best young first basemen in the game plays for the A's, Matt Olson. So, uh, we went down there and, uh, you know, Seth's having a great year, but, uh, uh, you know, the people aren't really talking about it cause we're looking at him as just the first base and we got Maddie there, uh, in the big leagues and he goes out and he hits two home runs. And it was funny. We just started having conversations. We you will know, say, you no, know, you know, can Seth Brown, how was he? You know, we talked to Fran about him playing in the outfield and Fran, and he was right. He said, Hey, he could be more than adequate out there, which he has. And, and so, uh, you know, we gave him the opportunity. I think Kansas City was when he came up and he immediately had an impact. And, uh, as you said, he's, he's, he's uh, been a, an important part of the, the club here the last uh, month and a half. And, and again, I, I, I think more than anything, you know, it's the credit to the players. They will go out and produce. And if they do in Oakland, you're going to get a chance. That's the one thing about here. What we don't do is, you know, we've never been a team that says, Hey, you know, we're going to wait, you know, for, you know, arbitration, things like that. When guys are ready. If we think they are we bring them up and we try and make sure they're ready our history suggests that even going back to when Brett anderson and trevor cahill and houston street were guys who had pitched very little uh, in the minor leagues we've we've, when the player is ready for the big leagues and we think he's going to stay we bring him up and and again we've been somewhat lucky and it's also a credit to the uh, player development system and also our scouting staff that uh we've had the the, the talent to choose from that uh, allows guys to come up here and have success.
0: Yeah. You could almost argue that some of these uh, guys coming up and producing the way they have is like almost like uh, late season trade, you know, bringing in in fresh guys who are immediately jumping in and helping. And in that sort of uh, vein, Sean Manaya might be one of the best additions all season. I know there were some initial concerns when he started his rehab assignment. His, the velocity wasn't necessarily great. I don't think he looked super sharp, but he comes up September 1st, and since then he's just been, you know, looks dominating. What are your impressions of what he's done, particularly coming off a of shoulder surgery, which I know is you, you yourself know, there's no guarantees coming off a of shoulder surgery.
1: No, listen, you, uh, you know, and, and and this needs to be said, too, uh, you know, a lot of players here and some amazing player uh, talents and, and, and great people. One of the things that, Sean, that really sticks out beyond the fact that he's a great baseball player is, He's always been accountable for his performance. What I mean by that, when I remember we sitting him down about almost two years, and he's really he was been a very good pitcher, and he was really struggling. And I remember we, you know, kind of sitting him down and trying to figure out what was going on. And and Sean made no excuses, and it always stuck out, you know, that uh, how accountable he was. He, and that's how he's been the entire time with us. He's, as you know, he's a really great kid. He's funny. Uh, he's got a great personality. But more than anything, you know, he's, a, he's not an excuse maker. So it was interesting when he went on rehab, it, you know, he said it wasn't, you know, all smooth for him. Now, then again, we probably didn't help him out by throwing, you know, you throw in Vegas. It's not the easiest place to, to pitch, but he pitched at all levels. And he was, uh, he was just okay. And I know David had a conversation and the starting rotation was doing very, very well at the time. And we didn't necessarily have a place just to slot him in. Now, it seems crazy now watching the way he pitched, right, that you would have a spot for him. But uh, we told Sean, hey, listen, you know, we're, we need to get another start out here. We're trying to figure out how it's going to slot in. At no point did Sean ever just say, hey, you know, I'm ready to go. Put me out there. He really thought about the team first. And, uh, again, that's him being accountable. He's a great teammate. Uh, and uh, so when he did come up, uh, you know, and immediately he was right out of the gate. He was as good as he is. And he hasn't really missed a beat since then. Not only was it a huge shot in the arm. Uh, But it couldn't have come at at a better again a a better time. Here we are, you know, getting ready for, you know, potentially uh, a one-game playoff with with uh, either you know Tampa or the Indians right now, two very good teams, and to have an option like Sean to potentially start that game. Well, that's 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 something. Two months ago, we thought was really going to be the case, and uh, he's he's been just absolutely spectacular. He kind of reminds me a little bit. You know, when you watch him pitch, and this goes back, this is the way back machine a little bit, even for you, Susan, uh, was, I don't know, when John Tudor, you know, similar style to John Tudor, uh, when he was with the Cardinals, and uh, I think it was 85 when he had that dominant year. And, you know, it, it just, you know, left-hander, kind of a low three-quarter delivery. You know, fastball, that gets on guys and just, you know, very efficient. Sean reminds, you know, he physically he doesn't remind you of Tudor. Tudor wasn't as big as Sean, but his pitching style is very similar to what Tudor did that year. And uh, We hope he can keep it up uh, uh, for us here another, maybe another month and through October.
0: Yeah, you mentioned Sean as a potential wild card starter if you guys get that far. Um, you you actually sort of have like a surprising number of riches for a potential wildcard starter or, you know, if you're trying to line things up for moving beyond that. Uh, Fires obviously has pitched very well the bulk of the year uh, and, and it had really, I think it was unbeaten in 21 starts. Uh, tough to do better than that. Uh, Homer Bailey has been very good for the most part, particularly at home. Really everybody, you know, at, almost everybody has performed really well this season how do you see those decisions what what goes into making those decisions as you set up your potential wild card starter and then a, a possible rotation beyond that
1: uh, well i mean first you, you're you, you 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 don't even con- you're not if a guy's really throwing well you you well, listen, You take a guy like uh justin Verlander when he's with the tigers you, you, it doesn't matter who he's pitching against you know he's going to be your your game one starter and, you know, that's the ideal situation. And uh, the great thing for us is, you know, you mentioned Mike. Mike's been amazingly consistent for us. He had that little blip with the form issue uh, in Texas, but came right back. And in fact, I, I thought actually in a weird way that was a really psychologically. It was a big game for us. Uh, and physically it was because Mike pitched so well against Texas that Friday night. And he gave the bullpen a, a, an extra day off uh, right after the off day. It was huge. And so, you know, when you look at him and Sean as the two likely candidates for that, I mean, it's a, it's a good problem to have. Certainly, the matchup will come into play. Who's, uh, you know, and then, and then listen, you don't want to get ahead of yourselves. But the good thing about the the one who doesn't start that game is the other one would be available, you know, when when you go forward. So uh, it's kind of the, uh, the it's a good problem to have, trying to decide. But you know, that being said, it's you know, Sean has been almost perfect since he's come back. And, uh, you know, I'd say right now, if, if, if he happened to start that first game, I think we'd all feel good, but we'd also feel good if Mike started that game too. You know, the one thing we know is that, uh, you know, these are options we didn't think we'd uh, potentially have, if you asked me at the beginning of the year, and now we have them. And, and again, not to a guy like Homer too, who's been, especially at home has been so good. Uh, you know, that also gives you a potential option, you know, out of the pen, you know, if you need somebody, uh, early, uh, again, then you, cause in these wild card games and trust me, if you've. If you're facing Tampa, uh, you're going to be playing a matchup game with them. They're going to be playing with you, excuse me, the whole game. You know, they've got some amazing options out of the <laughs> pen. When you look at uh, Charlie Morton, obviously a star, but they've also got Snell. They've got Glass now. If it's a one game playoff, you can rest assured that Tampa is going to be playing the matchup from, de- from anyone all the way through the game. And, uh, it, because they have the guys to do it. And, and, and I think you're going to see that more and more. As long as they're one game playoff, you're going to see matchups starting from the first pitch of the game. And, uh, that's an option we'll have as well. But again, you know, Sean certainly, uh, he pitched, uh, you know, he, you know, he pitched last night on Thursday. And, uh, if we plan that Wednesday, he, he certainly will be well-wested and, and, and not a bad guy to take the ball.
0: Now, in a one-game playoff, uh, obviously you don't need five starters. It's um, probably maybe two at the most, so you can load up your bench. Beyond that, how much of a challenge does a playoff roster then become? Because you guys might have some um, tricky decisions, particularly in the outfield now that Stephen Piscotty is back off the IL. He's got a very good track record in the postseason. But, you know, really, uh, almost all your outfielders, I guess it's a good problem to have, have really performed well uh, doing their specific jobs. I mean, I think Robbie Grossman actually goes a little underrated. He does exactly what you guys got him to do. He gets on base. He plays well in the outfield. Um, but really, everyone out there has has performed really well.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, Stephen. You know, we still, you know, there's still some tests even, you know, got to get through. The other thing, too, is he hasn't had, obviously, a lot of game time. There's really, you know, you don't have the minor leagues to go rehab and get a few at-bats. So, you know, we'll still have to uh, evaluate him over the course of the next couple days here uh, in Seattle to see if uh, that's a realistic option. Uh, But listen, a healthy Steven Piscotty makes us a better team. That's just, uh, And uh, having too many having too many good players uh is a good problem to have so well again those are all things we have to decide you know the other thing too is the uniqueness of a uh wild card is that you you know you're setting your roster for one game not a series uh so uh you know you'll you you know there's guys in a one game that you know uh, you definitely would activate in a five game or seven game but you definitely wouldn't activate in a in a one game. So it's, it's, it's again, it's just one game and you've got to just gear for one game and we'll, we'll see what the roster may come. Hopefully we get there is that we got a good shot. And you know, you know, the reason you and I keep saying this, right? Cause we both know Bobby Melvin really well and he would, he would go crazy if he knew both you and I were assuming we were going to be in the playoffs. So oh, absolutely. No, <laughs> I'm yeah.
0: getting used to just this, saying the word potential. This
1: is all yeah, this is all for Bob's benefit right now. We're yeah. doing this. Just for anybody that know Bob, that this is—you could never say something's for sure until it's for sure. That's that's one of the beauties of them.
0: Lots of ifs and potentials. So, yes. um, it, now the last two wild card games the A's were in. Obviously, we're on the road, and I know how much the team would like to have a, a the game at home because of that. The, the wild card history right now isn't great. The playoffs in, in general. Um, have been kind of a tough row. that The team is there a lot, more than most clubs, um, but obviously getting past a first round, that's only happened once uh, over the last um, 15, 16 years. Uh, what's the stress level involved for the front office knowing that? Is there any extra sort of added pressure, or how, how do you approach the postseason with sort of the weight of history?
1: Yeah, you know, I've, it's funny. I've never... I've had a couple games that were really tough games. I've mentioned them publicly. The Kansas City game that was rough mainly because just you're what five outs away. Uh, that was a gut punch, and and that was just such a strange year uh, all the way around. Uh, and then the Red Sox when Derek Lowe came in, uh, when you know just great pitches. He struck out uh, Mel Hughes and Long, or Terrence Long there with second and third. We were down, I think, we down by one. That that was tough. And, but, but I've always you know, what did the postseason, once we kind of get there, I mean, beyond some of the things we're talking about, the rosters that we would discuss with the staff, you know, there's not a whole lot you can do. So I've always kind of found a way to try and really enjoy them. Uh, and again, there's, uh, we haven't had particularly good luck in the in the postseason, you know, and so, but, but again, that's that's part of the deal, but uh, I've always sort of enjoyed it, and uh, I don't, uh, you know, beyond those two games, uh, I I kind of just sit back and and appreciate the, the great year we had and, and try and look around because in our marketplace, I've said this going back to when we first met it, like, Hey, you know, it's, it's, you never know when you're going to be back. You know, we are, we're obviously in a different financial situation than most clubs and we have, you know, we have more turnover. Uh, so, you know, and, and the games become very, very smart. So I always try and enjoy it and just appreciate the moment to be honest with you. Uh, and, and I'm, you'd be surprised. My, uh, you know, my demeanor during a, during a playoff situation is far different than it is during the season. Anybody will tell you that.
0: So this is not one of those Brad Pitts driving around the the cranes in the port, stressing out, or you you working out for the entire game situations. You actually your stress level is is less than we might imagine.
1: It is. I re- it actually is. Those, yeah, those surprisingly, funny fact. Bob had to bring me back. We had that. Gosh, it was a. We had that loss against. Uh, kansas city we, we lost to detroit on a friday night the second game and I, we lost to kansas city on that monday right and and i was like just uh, you know like frustrated like gosh you know we had the lead bob you know i wasn't quite the, uh, that i didn't sound that happy and, and, and folksy when i said it but uh and then bob kind of brought me back to earth and he goes you know we just played 16 ga- days in a row and we went 13 and three most of those games were on the road and i went you know you're right, Bob. <laughs> so uh, I mean, he kind of reminded me. You know, when you when you in, in, when you're grinding it out for the playoffs, uh, you just every game is just so intense, and you don't want to lose any. And you know, here was Bob, and they were, and Bob, he'd remember him telling me they the, the guys that just busted their rear ends, had a great series in Houston, went into Texas uh, just really an amazing road trip. And then, you know, came in and said, and so this is 16 straight games we played and we went against some really good you know opponents, certainly Houston. And we went 13 and three and I was grinding it out on that one game in, in Kansas city. Uh, that is it, in it, the place in the postseason. I, I really do try and appreciate the accomplishments of, of, of the players, of the people around him, of the staff. And, and, and I like, you know, it's, it's the one time, you know, I, it's probably the one time I'll wear a suit to the game. And, uh, you know, it's nice to have, I got, you know, the passes that we get for there. It's just like, appreciate those little small things. Cause again, you don't know when you're going to be back. And, uh, uh, and it's just a kind of a neat atmosphere that, uh, you know, everybody should get to experience the front office. And we've been fortunate enough to do it 10 times and would like to keep doing it.
0: Yeah. Well, that's um, my last question is kind of about that because you, this, yes, there are no guarantees for the future, but this team sets up pretty well for the next few years, particularly when it comes to the, you know, your young core, the guys on the corners, and, and the pitching. How do you, you know, tough to project, sure, but how do you see things here with a, with a potential window? Um, you're in the Astros division, I understand that, and they're not going to make it easy, but...
1: Uh, yeah, no, I would agree. I think, uh, listen, I, you know, I, I kind of thought, that, you know, the first half of the season was going to be a necessary bridge for us, mainly because what we talked about, the starting pitching, waiting for some of these injured, you know, the pucks to get back, you know, and, the, and we had a little setback with Lazardo in spring training. But, uh, but I thought at the end of the year, we'd, we'd be a good club. Uh, but I thought that it would be, again, that there'd be a little bit of a bridge here at the beginning of the year that we, we got through going into, going into next year. I feel, I feel, re- I think we all feel really good about this group of guys and, and are, are very bullish going forward. You know, there's so many things that we know can happen, uh, uh, to change that. But I think going into the off season, regardless of how we end the season, we're going to feel really good about this team next year as well, too, which is, which is nice. I mean, uh, you know, uh, I remember in 06, you know, when, when, was a, was, a great, you know, I've had so many great teams here in terms of the personalities and making things memorable. The 06 one was a you know, surprising year. People didn't expect us to win it. Frank Thomas had a, you know, we had a hall of famer who played for us for a year that just, you know, resurrected his career. Uh, and it was really a lot of fun, but you knew that going into the 07 season, he just, it, it just wasn't going to be something that we we're going to be able to sustain. Um, as opposed to the previous group, you know, when we or the first group I had here, the Hudson Boulder Zito years. And I remember, I can't believe I said this quote, when you're young, you say dumb things. <laughs> uh, when we got, I think we got knocked out in 2000, uh, in the playoffs and we were so young. And I remember saying, Hey, this is going to be the worst team we have here in the next what, four or five years. I think I said that. and fortunately, the players made me right. Uh, cause it's really a dumb thing to say, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but I, I felt good going. You know, after that two thousand season, I just knew that team was going to be really good for a sustained period of time. And and that, and I feel uh, the same way about this group here. It's a, it's a young group, which that's a good thing about a young group is that you should have for a few years. And I think we should be a very competitive team uh, at least for the foreseeable future.
0: Wonderful. Well, Billy Bean, thanks so much for joining us uh, on A's Plus, and uh, we're glad to hear that you could actually enjoy a potential postseason.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, thank you, Susan. Good chatting, and we hope we see a lot of you here in
0: the next month. Fantastic. Thanks. Thanks again to Billy Bean for joining us on A's Plus. Our producers today have been King Kaufman and G. Allen Johnson. We will be back next week with more A's Plus. Thanks for listening. A's Plus is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. If you like this show, please subscribe, tell a friend, or give us a review. Follow me on Twitter at Susan Slusser, or you can email me at sslusser at sfchronicle.com. Support A's Plus and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.